0: Protect the wild Tomorrow's child Protect the land From the greed of man Take out the dams Stand up to oil Protect the plants And renew the
1: soil So Elliot So Elliot what? Elliot Why'd you describe this film As to me when we walked out
2: Okay, so it's basically like Paul Schrader took the plot to Bergman's Winter Light, and he used the lead character from Robert Bresson's Diary of a Country Priest, and then he threw in an ample helping of Taxi Driver, especially towards the end, as our main character, gets more pissed off, he becomes a lot like Travis Bickle, actually. I expected him to start talking to his reflection in the mirror
1: at one point. All right, so this is Fresh Films. We're a podcast devoted to reviewing new films that have come out in Evanston. I'm Marco Carlano. I'm Marcus Galliano. I'm Elliot Kronzberg. Today, we're going to be reviewing the new Paul Schrader film, First Reformed. Paul Schrader Famous first as a screenwriter for Martin Scorsese films like Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Last Temptation of Christ. He's also directed a few of his own films like Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters, and Blue Collar.
2: American Gigolo. Affliction.
1: The Canyons. So Paul Schrader is a screenwriter and director known for focusing on solitary men at the brink of crisis, and that tradition is very prevalent in First Reformed. First Reformed stars Ethan Hawke as Reverend Toller. He's in charge of this really small Reformed church in upstate New York that was once a stop on the Underground Railroad, but is now a pretty small dying church with like a 10-person congregation. The only way it's running is because a bigger church run by a character played by Cedric the Entertainer is funding it.
2: And Ethan Hawke's character... Tuller, he's kind of down on his luck, and Cedric the Entertainer's character has given him a shot to just basically maintain this little church and give sermons once a week. He doesn't really seem to have connections outside the church. The only people we see him talking to are Cedric the Entertainer's character, the choir director, and then some of his parishioners.
0: One of whom is played by Amanda Sefried, who plays a pregnant woman with a husband that is an extremist environmental activist. And when he starts to become a bit suicidal, she seeks the counsel of Reverend Tuller to sort of come to him, sort of guide him aid, dig him out of this emotional hole. However, he is unsuccessful and the environmentalist husband kills himself. This in turn sends Tuller into another wave of despair and he begins to go down a dark path.
2: This is taken directly from Winter Light. You've got the young couple and the wife asks the Reverend to talk to the husband. Uh, The husband is pessimistic about the future in Winter Light. He's afraid of nuclear annihilation. In this, he's afraid of environmental uh, ecological disaster. And it leads us into this idea of, of radical environmentalism that drives the second half of the film. Because basically, Tuller takes up the mantle of the husband and decides that like he's going to fight for the environment. He sees it almost as a religious issue instead of sitting back and letting the world be destroyed only for God to come on Judgment Day and fix everything. He thinks that like humans should be trying to repair the world and fighting against multinational corporations polluting the earth. This is a messy movie. Let's be real here. I mean, it's messy, but I, I just loved it so much. I was sitting there. I mean... It's so influenced by these mid-20th century films. Diary of a Country Priest was 51. Winter Light is
0: like 62, 63. There's also a lot of taxi drivers. Taxi drivers, 76. So much taxi drivers.
2: And it, I don't know, it's, it's trying to tackle very 21st century ideas in a very 20th century, almost like new Hollywood kind of way.
0: I did appreciate that for what it's worth, but I just, I got a lot of problems with pacing. I got a lot of problems with muddiness of theme.
1: We also have to note that Tuller starts this journal as a weird way of collecting his thoughts as a way to try to reignite his faith. He's drinking a lot, he's going through some physical issues, some health issues, as well as the mental toll of what's going on around him. It's also almost the 250th anniversary of the church's... Founding. And there's going to be a big event with all these big, important people. And it's sponsored
2: by this guy, Ed Bulk, who's got, like, a paper manufacturing company.
1: This film isn't subtle.
2: But, oh, I just love it so much.
1: Moving on from the plot... I think this film wants to get across the theme that there is a lot of corrupting forces in this world that's hurting us internally and externally. The environment is a clear metaphor for that. There's also the contrast of this big mega church that we slowly and slowly learn is not entirely morally upright. Mm -hmm. contrasted with the small church that doesn't have a lot of congregants but has this important role in abolitionist history. So there's a lot of really clear focus on the thematic element of encroaching evil that is decaying both Ethan Hawke's character as well as the world, the faith in general.
2: Moving on to acting, I think Ethan Hawke does a pretty good job. I'm not a huge Ethan Hawke fan, but he's able to play the role of this kind of mopey pastor while not hamming up to the camera. I think in a movie that's not at all subtle, his performance is probably the most normal, because you have Amanda Seyfried, who just seems to be unaware of everything. Oh, I didn't know my husband was planning to like blow himself up around a bunch of big energy people. Oh, I'm just gonna come to your church in the middle of the night, and will you like
0: do this weird thing? Yeah, what the hell was that about by the way was that was that like a sexual thing cuz it looked sexual the way, mean, way they framed it initially but then the way they framed it it
2: looked sexual but i think it was almost meditative i mean there was definitely a sexual element to their relationship you know he's divorced he lost a child
1: he feels a lot of guilt about any romantic relationship whatsoever
2: that's true yeah and then you have this woman and her husband just killed himself she's pregnant and he's like her only ally and she's really into the church. She even says so. And so I think that's kind of what we get in the weird meditative... Terrence malick kind of scene. There's also the ending, but I don't really know what to say about the ending because I'm not sure how exactly it works. The one person I really enjoyed was Cedric the Entertainer. It's interesting to see him in a more dramatic role because he's not exactly like the villain of the film, but he's definitely this
0: antagonistic force he represents. Really? There's a somewhat antagonistic edge to him by proxy of being subject to the whims of this corporation, but I think on a level he does care about Ethan Hawke and he is trying to help him.
2: Oh, he definitely cares about Ethan Hawke, but I just think that he represents all the things that Ethan Hawke is struggling against. Yeah, he's, I understand that he's the the mega church with like a million staff members. He's beholden to Ed Bulk. He is doubting Ethan Hawk's ability to carry on.
1: He has no interest in like actual social activism. That's fair. So going on now to the more technical aspects of the film. While it is under two hours long, it's very kind of slow and deliberate.
0: It's really slow. It's extremely slow
1: you mentioned that the shot length was around like 20 or so seconds
2: it would be like a really long shot and then when there's some kind of change the shot would change you don't have like the shot reverse shot conversations you see a lot of two-person conversations in these two shots or even a
1: wide shot it's in a four three aspect ratio too it is so the lighting in this film I really liked as well. There were scenes when he was alone in this dimly lit room and the lighting just hits his body and the table, but the rest is like darker and it's just very powerful shots the scenes where he's in his bathroom and it's just the single light bulb lighting the shot it gives it this very dirty feel that i like and the shots around early morning i think with like this really purplish lighting are just really powerful and evocative for me
0: I do like the cinematography in this film quite a bit. The cinematography looks beautiful. It conveys a lot of thematic information. That part I appreciate, but it does at times make the film anchor a bit. Um.
2: Let's start with our final thoughts. Marco, you want to go first?
1: So, I'm not well-versed in Paul Schrader's filmography as a writer or as a director, nor am I as well-versed in a lot of the films he apparently references in this movie, but I think that this movie is a very deliberate but very powerful piece about the state of the world in the 21st century, its effect on on the human psyche and how people should respond to that Feeling. It's interesting, too. It's really well shot. Ethan Hawke gives a great performance. All the actors give great performances. It's very <laughs> meaningful, and I would recommend it. What about you, Marcus?
0: I'm a bit conflicted, but I still am going for the positive side of it. The acting from pretty much everyone is fantastic. Ethan Hawke probably gives his best performance. Same with Amanda Seyfried, and I would assume Cedric the Entertainer. Like I said, the lighting and the cinematography are beautiful. The big problem for me is... Pacing the length of shot makes the film drag quite a bit And and I don't think it really goes off the deep ends until like a little bit too late There's been a lot of comparisons to a uh, taxi driver And the thing about taxi driver and what makes that such a watchable film is that while we're watching the degradation of this character There's so many more things to occupy us. There's Bernard Herrmann's wonderful score There's the colors the visuals the beautiful way the city is shot and really renders out the sound. Saturation on the inner ugliness therein. But with this one, there's not as much to draw your eye or ear, and that becomes a problem for me. So I don't know. I want to recommend this film, but by the same hands, I don't know how many people are going to enjoy it. So that's my piece. Elliot, what do you think? I loved
2: this film a lot. I had just seen Winterlight and Diary of a Country Priest in the last month, so immediately I recognized those two aspects. I guess I was just in the right mood for this film. I'm not a huge Ethan Hawke fan, and in this Even though he gives a great performance, Reverend Tuller is no Travis Bickle. You don't really know what's going on and why it's going on. Environmentalism is conflated with religious faith and observance. They ask a million times. Well, God forgive us, but I think the performances are good, especially Cedric the Entertainer. I've never really seen him in a more dramatic role. Amanda Seyfried is her usual, like, eyes wide open, kind of, like, shocks at everything going on around her. The cinematography is consistently beautiful, not in like a, an awe-inspiring Emmanuel Lubisky kind of way, but I think in the framing and the movement, when there is movement. But I very much recommend this film. I would maybe suggest seeing Diary of a Country Priest, Winter Light, Taxi Driver, of course, before you see this, just because I think it makes you appreciate it much more. So this has been Fresh Films from NBN Audio. You can find us online in the audio section of northbynorthwestern.com or on Apple Podcasts. If you like us, go ahead and subscribe. I'm Elliot Cronsworth. I'm Marcus Galliano. I'm Marco Carlano.
0: See ya. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing cloud? Are, Are you washed in the blood? in his graceless
1: hour Are you washed in the blood?